I am humbled and honored to be able to speak tonight and to be a part of this worship. This has been a great service already, and I hope to not let you down. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, we'll be in a couple places tonight. Um, and I have 10 minutes, so I'll do my best uh, to be done in 10 minutes. Uh, Bibles, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 26. And as you're turning there, um, I, as Pastor mentioned, I'm going to speak tonight on the body of Christ. That will be my focus. And as a result of time, uh, I will not touch on uh, the requirements to be a part of uh, the Lord's table, uh, except to say that, one, we, we know that we must be saved. You must have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior in order to participate. Uh, and if you haven't tonight, today can be the day of salvation. Um, and then also, we must have a prepared heart. Uh, we must prepare a heart uh, to receive the Lord's table, make sure there's nothing between us and the Savior. Uh, and then we should have a heart attitude of humbleness and thanksgiving. Uh, so I hope that is you tonight. And I'm going to fo focus tonight more closely on uh, what this first, the, the words of this table says. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. And so the title of my message tonight is Remember the Sacrifice. Um, so let's look at Matthew 26, uh, verse number 26. It says, um, As they were eating, uh, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for, the, shed for many for the ransom of sin. But I say unto you, I will not drink thence forth of this cup of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. In verse 30, and it says, And when they had sung a hymn, and they went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for just the honor to stand behind this holy uh, pulpit and be a part of the worship here. Father, I pray that we would remember the sacrifice that you gave, uh, you gave that day on the cross. Lord, we never forget the price that you paid for our sins. Lord, and I pray that there's no one, uh, one here tonight that doesn't know you as their Savior, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, and I pray that uh, we would take the message of the cross as Christians, as, as believers, and take it to the uttermost, take it to the world, Lord, personally, and uh, to give to our missionaries, and just continue to be a lighthouse here at Hillside Baptist Church. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. Uh, let's see. So first, um, just to kind of explain kind of what took place here as a reminder, uh, Jesus is before the 12 disciples, and he takes the bread, and he breaks it, and he, or he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives to the disciples, and then he told them, take, eat, this is my body. Now, Christ was not speaking, was, he was speaking figuratively, he did not mean that the bread literally changed into his body. Um, let's see. He meant, he meant it was a representation of his body that would be broken for the sins of the world. 
In Luke chapter 22, in verse 19, we see the parallel passage of this. Uh, it says, And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body. Uh, this is the body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So my central focus tonight should be to do this, to honor the, Lord, the Lord's table, to observe the, the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what Jesus Christ had done for us. So what are we remembering? Why do we, why do, we do this? To remember the promise. Even, even before the, the New Testament was given, before Christ, God had promised that the Messiah would come, that, that he would bring forth the Savior for our sins. When man fell in the garden, God was not surprised. He did not walk around the, gar- uh, the he- throne room of heaven and go, what am I going to do now? But he already had a plan in place to restore the broken fellowship with man. Aren't we glad that God is not surprised, even in 2020? Um, God promised in the garden uh, that the seed of the woman would come. He promised to David that his seed was set on the throne forever. And he promised that the price would be paid. God knew what needed to take place in order to restore the relationship with, with man, and he set that play, plan in place immediately. God knew that the body of Christ would, would need to be broken, and he knew that we were worth it. Maybe, maybe that's uni- uh, not as prominent to you, but to me, to know that I was worth it. It's quite humbling. So if you, if you have your Bibles again, and we'll turn to Isaiah chapter 53, the great uh, mosaic, or messianic uh, prophecy here given by Isaiah in verse 5, speaking of Christ when he says, but, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of, of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And all uh, we, and, sorry, excuse me, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. And uh, he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as the lamb to the slaughter, as the sheep before the shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. The promise that, that Christ would send, or that God would send Christ, is humbling. So what is the, what is the importance of the body? That is that Christ took our place. We, and the pastor said it well this morning, we at our best deserve hell. Yet Christ died. Yet he knew that we were worth it. He was broken and he was bruised for my sins. So secondly, we remember his sacrifice. 
Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He died for mine. This is the reason uh, we come to this place tonight. This is the reason we remember the Lord's table. Hope in Christ is truly the only real hope we can have. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that if thou shalt confess by thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth in unrighteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It is that hope, that, that faith in Jesus Christ that we can have hope for tomorrow. If Jesus did not die, if he did not rose again, where would we be? That is a scary thought. But thank God we don't have to think that way. As a church, uh, but as a church a born, and a born-again born believer, God is telling us to remember what he, has, uh, what he did and, tell, and to tell the world about it. So tonight, to end my portion of the body, I want us to take a look at the crucifixion to remember what Jesus has done for us. And we're just going to look at a, a small portion in, back in Matthew chapter 27. And um, verse 24, as you're turning there, um, let's see, make sure I didn't miss anything on my notes. I want you to think about where God has brought you from. You know, this week um, and last week in dealing with the loss of my grandpa, I... I have come to realize how thankful I am for the men and women in this church that have shown Christ to me. And to see where God has brought me from is truly humbling. So in verse, verse 24, just think about where you would be if Christ didn't do this. Verse 24, it says, And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather, a tumult was made. He took, he, uh, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, This is the blood, his blood be on us and our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him a whole band of soldiers. They stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they placed it on his head and a reed in his hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit, on, uh, spit upon him and, with, and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after that, they had, after they had mocked him, they took off the robe off him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to be crucified. Then they came out and found a man of Cyrene, of Cyrene Simon by name. Him uh, they compelled, compelled to bear the cro his cross. And, w and when they had come to the place called Golgotha, Saying, uh, that is to say, the place of the skull. They gave him vinegar and, uh, to drink, mingle with gall, 
And when they had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him. And they parted his garments and casting lots that they might, uh, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the prophet, that they parted my garments and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. And they set upon his head his, this accusation written, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins with his body. And thankful tonight that we can observe the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what he has done and also praise that we can stand and say, Jesus paid my price. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, tonight could be that night. Father, I thank you for the opportunity once again to speak uh, on behalf of you. And Father, I pray that you would uh, be with Brother Z because he's uh, on his way up and going to speak in a moment, Lord, that you would help us to just continue to worship you. Lord, I love you and thank you again for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brother Travis, for presenting um, the body. And to continue the thought, Pastor Anthony to presenting the significance of the blood. Um, at one point, the dinner table, Jesus also took up the cup uh, and told the disciples to drink it. So we're going to continue reading Matthew 26, 27 to 28. You want to turn back there. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I'm just going to say plainly, the disciple did not drink Jesus' blood. Amen? Jesus didn't cut his arm and pour into a cup and they drink it. But some people are still confused today. I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus is a great preacher, even better than Paul. He liked to connect with people using his audience familiar uh, with what they're familiar with so that they can be related to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is also connecting with the, his disciples and telling them that this cup is the new com, uh, covenant through his blood. Jesus using uh, blood as symbolized, um, which is the new covenant of his, with his people. Jesus used blood as an analogy because the 11th disciple were familiar with the sacrificial animals. They have seen many uh, animals being slaughtered to sacrifice because that was the old tradition of the Mosaic law. The Leviticus chapter 4 verse 5 said, And the priest that is anointed shall take the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the table of the congregation also called the tent of meeting. Exodus 24, verse 6 said, And Moses took half the blood and put it in the basin, and half of the blood he sprinkled into the altar. So what they did, they gathered the best animal, the fat one, the healthy one, that's no blemish. They kill it and take its blood to the tent of meeting to sacrifice it to the Lord. At this time, the disciple did not understand what Jesus meant by his blood. But after Jesus died, the disciple will appreciate it better 
what Jesus actually meant by his blood. But don't worry, I'm not going to get a chicken out or to go out and start a sacrifice uh, in the church. But we will talk a different blood sacrifice. We will talk about the blood sacrifice that will give us redemption through Jesus' blood and a relationship with God the Father. So let's look at the redemption through his blood. Before Jesus came to earth, in Leviticus chapter 4, priests have been the only one who sacrificed animal for the people so that they could, this, uh, the common people's sin could be forgiven. And I remember in my home country, people killing animals like pigs or chickens uh, and use their blood for sacrificial to their idols. But here in this text, the Bibles, in Bible's day, they took the animal's blood and poured them onto the uh, temple altar as a requirement of Mosaic sacrifice for the sin of Israel. Jesus introduced a new type of sacrifice when he came down. It could be no longer be an animal's blood that would cover sin, but it is with his blood, Jesus' blood on the cross. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 said, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Animal's blood has sealed the old Mosaic covenant between God and his people. But the blood of Jesus would fulfill the new covenant by giving people a way to heaven. See, you are a sinner, I am a sinner, we're all in this room as sinners. But if you consider yourself a righteousness, you're righteous and have no sin, then this church is not for you. This church is a church of broken people who are gathering together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the only one that who can forgive sin. Amen? Romans chapter 3, verse 23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. Thank you for his grace. That's how we get saved. Now, if you're here today and you're not saved, listen close. This is the way to salvation. Through Jesus' blood on the cross, and acknowledging that we are sinners and repent for our sin, that we are saved. This is what I mean by the blood of Jesus. You must believe that Jesus is Lord, who has died on the cross for your sin, and has risen from the dead three days later after he was buried. You must recognize that you are a sinner, and repent and ask for forgiveness. And that is the way to salvation. That is the simple, and it is free. You don't have to do anything besides believe. Salvation is for everyone. It doesn't matter what the color skin you have. It doesn't matter what you have done in the past. It doesn't matter if you are short or tall. It doesn't matter if your polit uh, political uh, views is. Jesus has died for you. If you don't know who Jesus is or have no idea what uh, Travis and I are talking tonight, I encourage you to step up by faith Ask questions, be brave, get out of your comfort zone. Okay, if you were to leave in church tonight and you don't know for sure that if you have a relationship with Jesus and you hit a deer on the way home and you pass and went to eternity side, then that it would be too late. So make your decision now if you can. Its truth is beautifully expressed in a hymn called The Power of the Blood 
I didn't know that we sang it tonight, but what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that make me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood is incredible. And if you are a Christian, you should rejoice in Jesus because his blood has made us clean. His blood has wiped out slate claims. Through his blood, we can also have a way to have a personal relationship with God. See, when God is looking at a truly repentant sinner, he sees his son Jesus intercepting on their behalf. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13 said, That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and stranger from the covenant of the promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off may make nigh unto the blood of Christ. And I'm thanking for that. Paul is telling us that we were without Christ and had no access of hope. And we are continuously to be at war with him. Sin separated us from God and cannot be removed by good deeds. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 said, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sin have hid his face from God, and that he will not hear. We, were, we are sinners, and thankfully that Jesus died for our, uh, our salvation. We, we receive salvation through him. But with Jesus dead on the cross, a bridge has been created just so that we can have a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father. We are no longer a stranger to God, but we are the part of God's family, if you believe. John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13 said, But as many had received him, to them gave the power to become the Son of God, even to the them that who believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Some people believe that salvation can be taken away. I don't know where they find the answer, but it's not from the Bible. When we receive our salvation, that life in Christ cannot be removed or be separated from him. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39, telling us, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor power, nor thing present, nor thing to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our salvation is secure. I don't know about you, but if I die tonight, I know where I am going. Here is what you must understand. Being saved doesn't mean that you will never sin again. You were all making mistakes, but now you have an option to repent. You will find constantly sinning on this side of eternity, but we should repent constantly. Jesus shed his blood for all of us, both in this room and around the world. If you have a personal relationship with Jesus, then what are you going to do about it? Some Christians are considered a couch potato. They sat in their comfort home and keep the joy of salvation for themselves. If those who say, if you remember this 
uh, moment, the experience that's when you were saved? Well, that is what the couch potato uh, is doing, preventing God's work to be changed in other people's lives, preventing people to go to heaven. So don't be a couch potato. Christ died for our sin, and our job as Christians is at least to talk about him, if not more. And if you are here tonight and have to make it right with God, I believe that God brought you here in this room for a reason. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So make a decision that is well for your soul. God is good, and he wants you to be a part of his family. I encourage you to step out by faith and repent. Do what it takes to make it right with God tonight. Ask someone about it. Pull someone aside and just ask, what should I do to get saved? So it's up to you now that you need to step out by faith.